mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This is Life and Art from FD Weekend. I'm Lila Raptopoulos. For the past year or so, our fashion editor, Lauren Invick, has been committed to buying less stuff. Like, very committed to it. At the start of 2023, she pledged to buy just five new items of apparel a year. We're talking five new things across clothing, shoes, accessories, all of it. She was allowed to buy as much secondhand clothing as she wanted, but we all know how hard buying secondhand clothing can be. And Lauren did all of this because she's trying to live sustainably. And this idea of five new fashion items a year comes from a think tank that's crunched the numbers on the environmental and economic impact of clothing and shoes. And they've concluded that for people living in the world's wealthiest nations, that number should be five. Today, Lauren is here to talk about the benefits and difficulties of buying less over the past year. Lauren, hi. Welcome to the show. That was a great summary. Thank you. (laughs) Um, To start, can you tell me how this all came about? Like, when did you come across this pledge and what made you decide to commit to it? Oh, I can't remember if the one of the studies authors emailed me directly or I might have read about it in one of the trade publications like Women's Wear Daily or Biz of Fashion. But for me, it was so interesting because we so rarely see numbers around like what should we actually be buying or not buying. You know, Mm. I feel like the way that people kind of cut back and try to live more sustainably is like, they don't drink almond milk because they heard almond trees use a lot of water (laughs) or like they've heard that like wool is sustainable. So they'll buy sweaters, but they're not buying leather. And uh, a lot of times that is not really very well backed up by data. So for me to find a study that was like, okay, actually, yep. If you're living in this country and actually in the UK, we, we have a little bit of a lower fashion footprint. So we can consume nine things a year and (laughs) not be over consuming. Uh, cause the, the idea is that you, that this is how much you should be consuming that would enable the world to reach the 1.5 degree threshold set by the, the Paris climate accord. Right. Yeah. But Lauren, you know, I've been thinking about this five items. Like I looked up how many items we actually buy on average. And the average person in the U.S. buys something like 64 new items of clothing and seven or eight pairs of shoes a year. Like five is really not. It's a lot less than we're used to. Oh, yes. And I mean, but, you know, Ellen MacArthur Foundation said, you know, between 2000 and 2015, the num- amount of clothing we've consumed has doubled. Meanwhile, the amount of times that we actually wear that clothing has decreased. I mean, we're talking about people wearing a garment two or three times or maybe never even taking the tags off because maybe you're paying a pound for it and that is actually possible. Yeah. Uh, and it falls apart anyway. So it's just, the clothing has just become so disposable basically. Right. And Lauren, how much had you been thinking about fashion and sustainability before you came across this? A lot. I mean, I yeah. think... They, and and for me, it's been this evolution of, you know, fashion is something I've loved since I was an early teenager. And the more that I've learned about the environmental impact of fashion, the more that I have fallen out of love with it. And now something yeah. that for me that was like 
was very fun has become a, a massive source of guilt. So again, I, maybe this framework is interesting too, because it's like, how do you still enjoy fashion without over-consuming? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're like, a, you're a committed person, which I admire. And I'm wondering about sort of, so you hit 2023 and you decide to do this pledge, which is five pieces of new clothing or apparel. Um, was it like, what were your buying habits before that? Was it going to be a big stretch for you? So like naively, I thought this was going to be really interesting or like really easy because I had already cut back like so much from when I was consuming 10 years ago. And I was like, oh, I kind of, you know, at my peak in 2013, it had been something like, I think 83 things was my worst year. And then I'd gone down to 20. So I was like, five should be fine because also we're hybrid working. We're not in the office. Like I'm not traveling or, you know, going out as much. And I was like, this is going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. It's actually really hard because (laughs) just five things doesn't go that far. So as we go into what was hard and what was easy, the rules were what? It was no new stuff. Yeah. It was just five new things and it, it, it was only in apparel. So it didn't count things like underwear um, okay. but and socks, which I did buy a lot of socks. Okay, but I decided really... that like for me, it was going to include like shoes, jewelry, scarves, like all that stuff. Okay. Um, and unlimited secondhand. Yes. Okay. Um, and then, okay. So, and you say that you have all this data from all these years. So when you started the year, like how did you plan it? Yeah, I, d- I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I was, I, I knew from like having tried actively to reduce before that the best thing you can do is hold out as long as possible. And I knew from that data when my sort of shopping spikes were, and they are in May and they are in October, which is when (laughs) the weather changes. Mm -hmm. So I knew those were triggers that what I didn't realize. And I think one of my big learnings this year was how much work travel is actually a trigger for me because it Mm -hmm. was less about seasons this time than it was about like a work trip I had to India and then like another one where I was, I was hosting our business of luxury summit in Monaco. I, I found out I was pregnant. I couldn't, at the time I just thought I was getting really fat. You found out you were pregnant. Yeah. I found out I was pregnant when I was there. Anyways, the point being like, what Hmm. for me was kind of a spur in in terms of buying things was actually like this panic that I was going to be in a hotel somewhere with a carry on suitcase and like nothing to wear. Okay, so like how, if when you look back on it now, how did it go on five things? Well, I failed. <laughs> <laughs> but failure, it couldn't be true failure. I mean, I'm sure you still didn't buy 83. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I bought less than last year. I can't remember yeah. if I bought, I think I bought 11 or 12 things. But uh, no, the goal was five and, and I miserably failed because <laughs> I got to like halfway in the year and I had already like hit five things. And that was when I found out I was pregnant. And at that point I was so committed to sticking to five things while still being pregnant. My solution was just to like not buy anything. And then (laughs) I made it to like the end of September and I was in Milan and I had been on the road for fashion week for weeks and I had not single pair of trousers that I could button. And I broke down and I bought a stretchy knitted skirt. And that was, (laughs) that was the breaking point. Do you think you would have been able to stick to five if you hadn't found out you were pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. Literally, because, because my pledge was so public and it was 
It's like so embarrassing. Like I really didn't enjoy having to admit publicly that I that I failed. Uh, yeah, we can blame the the, the miracle of life. We yeah. don't have to blame you, Lauren. If it hadn't been so public and uh, and FT the FT readership wasn't watching, what would have been uh, hardest for you over the course of a year? If anybody else was to try this, what does make five things sort of the hardest? Like what might they come across as a yeah. challenge? That's a really good question. I think it's like, again, if you lose things, like that's Mm -hmm. really unexpected. If you've got a trip, it is so nice to like have something new to wear. Like you might, Mm -hmm. you know, I think when I took my swimsuit out, I found like the sort of metal bits had like rusted off the strap. Like that's how (laughs) old my swimsuits were. And they were like a little transparent. I was like, I really do need to replace my swimsuit. (laughs) You know, there's part of your wardrobe that you do need to replenish because it breaks down or maybe you're wearing a white t-shirt and it gets yellow. So there's a replenishment part of your wardrobe. And then there's the things that you, that are your gaps. You know, I go to work dinners all the time. I have Mm -hmm. one dress I wear over and over and over again. And it's, it's like getting ratty. Like I'd love to get another dress for those occasions. That's what I would put in the the category of like a strategic vibe. I I think it's about balancing those things. And then again, sort of what are your weak points? Like when are, when are you going to impulse shop? And again, for me, work trips was my Mm -hmm. trigger. Yeah. I'm going to ask you uh, for like a speed round of tips at Mm. the end of this. But before I do, I want to ask you, I guess about the big picture, like why are we doing this? Why is this necessary? Yeah, I think, I mean, I I don't think that individuals are going to be able to like shop or not shop their way out of the climate crisis. Like that's Mm -hmm. a way of passing responsibility from big corporations that are responsible for (laughs) Mm. massive amounts of, 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 or for emitting carbon in the air, putting that onto individuals. It's not like me buying five things a year is going to make any measurable difference. That said, it seems like hypocritical to me to sit here and say, I'm so upset about the climate crisis and then do nothing personally yeah. in my life to do it. Do I think it's the most impactful thing I can do? Like, no, there are other things like, you know, petitioning politicians, going to protest, like all those things are really important. But I do believe like doing something is better than doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like a personal responsibility not to consume more than my fair share, which is why mm-hmm. something like a five things guideline really appealed to me. Yeah. And it becomes a model uh, for other people. I, since I've known that you've been doing this, every time I buy something new, I'm like, uh, I see, I hear you in my head, <laughs> which I, I, I find very you. helpful. No, I know. Like, uh, do you need it? Or like, can you buy it used? And it's a good question. It is. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy that like, my default was always buying something new. And I remember having this conversation with a, a marketing director at Patagonia years ago. And he was like, we're just so trained as consumers to just, if we need something, we just go online or we go to a store and buy it. You know, thinking has just been taken out of the process. He's like, what happened to like asking your neighbors? Yeah. Uh, you know, when I like was got pregnant, I felt very shy about reaching out to friends of mine being like, do you have maternity clothes I could wear? Mm-hmm. But like, those were options available to me, but like mm-hmm. literally not even on my radar because buying things is just new is just the default Second and nature. it's so easy. Yeah. It's yeah, so for easy. sure. And then when you're buying new, like, I think um, one thing I've been learning from your reporting is that like brands say that things are changing and if you, you can buy new in a sustainable way or, you know, something made from mm-hmm. recyclable materials, but is that 
good. <laughs> like the sense I get is that actually like it's really not that much better. Yeah. I mean, the biggest yeah. impact you can have is the best thing you can do is buy as few things as possible and wear them as long as possible. Uh, yeah. And buying a, you know, you're talking about like fractions of percent when you're buying a so-called sustainable garment, which may or may not be sustainable versus, uh, a, you know, a sort of regular polyester garment. Um, and, yeah. and what I would say about the fashion industry is there are a lot of pledges that have been made um, about reducing emissions intensity. You know, if they're making a boot, that tends to be more carbon efficient than a boot maybe they made five years ago. But very few companies, and there's only, of the big ones, there's only two that have made this pledge, which is Caring, which owns Gucci, and there's Burberry. They're the only companies that have actually committed to reducing absolute emissions. So while there are a lot of companies saying, oh, we reduced our emissions by 16% this year, they're actually talking about emissions intensity, but their overall absolute emissions are still increasing, which I actually didn't know about until one or two years ago, because it's it's perfectly acceptable to set these science-based targets without actually agreeing to, to reduce your overall emissions. Yeah, yeah, that's very useful. Okay, I have a million questions for you, but um, you are about to have a baby and go on maternity leave. (laughs) And I would love to sort of pull some advice um, for listeners in the next couple of minutes just to get a sense of like, if listeners are inspired by this, like what we can do. I mean, the fact that buying secondhand is, is maybe the best thing for the environment is useful. Like what is the best way to find good secondhand clothing? It depends where you live. I mean, in London, there are so many good vintage shops and fairs. And I spend so much time buying antique furniture and going to antique fairs. And actually this year I started was just really looking at like what people are wearing at these fairs. And I was like, why don't I do this for fashion? Uh, those are really good options. If you are willing to put in the time and the legwork to go through 5 million racks of clothes and can kind of like spot what's going to fit you. Right. So secondhand or vintage clothing fairs. But I would say online has gotten so much better and it's so much easier and like it actually doesn't take that much more time than you know going on net porter matches fashion or whatever your advice is Mm -hmm. and buying clothes Uh, right in the u.s you have the real real which i think is the absolute best secondhand website i'm very very sad they don't exist in the uk because they actually do returns the selection's so good the pricing is so good i hear the big one is is vestier collective if you're trying to buy luxury, but there's so many different platforms actually. And like for baby clothes, I've been using vintage, which is kind of like Depop, but that's like also another good one for sort of more mid-market or or mass labels. Okay. We'll put some of um, your recommendations in the show notes. Uh, What about if you want to prioritize the five or six or 10 things worth buying over the course of a year, how would you recommend people think about it? I guess like, again, having knowing what you are already buying is probably the place to start. Yeah. Um, I would also say if you are old me and you buy eight things a year, five things is not the place for you to start because that's like, <laughs> right. that's like extreme dieting and no yeah. one those never work. So right. if you bought 20 things last year, 10 is like really good progress. That's half. So like <laughs> yeah. set that as a goal. And then I think also just keeping, you know, on my phone, I always keep a list of things like I, I actually need mm-hmm. or that I think are, are holes in my wardrobe, which, mm-hmm. you know, then 
that can be quite a helpful guideline when you're like, oh, I've just seen this thing that I am obsessed with and I love and I need it right now. But you're like, but I, I have 14 have skirts, right? <laughs> pairs of ankle boots. So yeah. Um, I guess my last question, Lauren, and thank you so much, is just like, where does this leave you? What is there one more thing that you kind of like want to us to take in our heads as we go off and uh, think about how we dress? I think we, we, as consumers, we really do need to go through a reprogramming. Like my journey for buying clothes used to always be like opening an app on my phone Mm -hmm. and the default was buying new. So like, how do you reprogram it so that the default point is actually, all right, I I need this thing. Mm -hmm. And starting that journey with secondhand and then only buying something new when you've exhausted all of their options. So like, do do you have friends who like maybe have a few pairs of sunglasses they're not wearing? Do they want to do a swap? Like, um, you know, rental is is another really good option. Uh, And yeah, and then just making sure like I've gone through eBay and Vestier Collective and the Real Real and I've gone to, you know, there's great vintage stores have been hybrid that do sunglasses. Like just... Mm -hmm starting there. And like, that's yeah. the reprogramming that needs to, ha- to happen, not just immediately logging in online, getting something delivered the next day, because that's just not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren, thank you so much. Um, is five your goal for next year? Five things is my goal for next year to make up. I think long-term, I know realistically nine is probably going to be something I could commit to without yeah. cheating. And I know that that still sits within you know, what's fair to consume in the UK. So I think long-term nine will be my number. Yeah, amazing. Well, good luck and um, congratulations on your baby. And uh, please come back again soon. Thanks. That's the show. Thank you for listening to Life and Art from FT Weekend. Take a read through the show notes. I have linked to the study that inspired Lauren to take on the Five Things Challenge. She also mentioned the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, which is a major think tank for sustainability. Also in the show notes, we have links to reporting that Lauren has done on this and discounts for a subscription to the Financial Times. We also have ways to stay in touch with me and with the show, whether that be by email, on X, or on Instagram. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, and here's my talented team. Katya Kamkova is our senior producer. Lulu Smith is our producer. Our sound engineers are Breen Turner and Sam Javinko with original music by Metaphor Music. Topher Forges is our executive producer, and our global head of audio is Cheryl Brumley. Have the best week, and we'll find each other again on Friday. <laughs>